Welcome to the Leadership Network Podcast. Leadership Network is a community of multipliers who gather to collaborate, innovate, and pursue what God has next for His church. Our mission is to champion healthy growth that is capable of reproducing. Thank you for joining this conversation, and here's today's episode. Hey, and welcome back to the Leadership Network Generation Next Podcast. My name is Hannah Gronowski Barnett, and I am here with my co-host, but today I actually am also having the honor of interviewing him about a recent article that he released on the Leadership Network Generation Next blog. So Aaron Barnett, I feel like I should be welcoming you to the podcast, but you're also the co-host. So welcome, and I'm glad you're here. So glad to be here. This is amazing. I always love these conversations. And again, today we are doing things a little bit different. We're not bringing on an outside guest, but I really wanted to specifically talk about the article you released because I do think it's so important. And the things that you write about in this article, you know, as not only your wife, but also your partner in ministry, somebody who works alongside of you, I've witnessed you bringing these things into spaces, into conferences that you lead, into events where you speak, into ministries that you consult with. And I have watched you truly implement these important three elements into spaces for the next generation that have led them to want to be there and want to engage and give their life to those things. And ultimately those things are connecting them to the person of Jesus and to the church. So uh, you wrote an article, and for those of you listening, if you have not already checked it out, go ahead and you can even open the article while you're listening to this as another resource. It also is a great way if you have people in your life who are more blog people than podcast people, you can send them that article. But it's called Engaging the Next Generation, Reigniting Interest in the Local Church. Let's just talk about first, you know, you, you talk about in the article how we're really in an era of rapid societal changes mm-hmm. and how that really can impact how the church responds and how the church engages the next generation. Can you just share a little bit about why you think it is important to implement these three principles and what you're seeing around you that has led you to identify that these three principles are so important? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's fascinating that we are in just an interesting time and space within the local church when, you know, we're sitting in conferences, sitting in different environments or experiences, and we're talking about the state of the church. Uh, I've come to find out that there are three really important things when it comes down to reaching the next generation, and that's embracing authenticity, embracing technology, and the third is um, fostering community and connection. And so as we dive into this conversation, uh, some of us are sitting in a place of that the church is thriving, the church is moving, the church is growing, And then others of us are sitting in this tension where we do feel like the next generation aren't as engaged within the local church or aren't as interested in coming or are not as interested in building the local church. And so I have come to identify these three things as 
uh, three pivotal points that we need to embrace, to we, that we need to lean in as a congregation, that we need to lean in as the church to really advance um, the church of tomorrow. And so I think as we are sitting in the societal changes and the shifting of values, I think we are facing really an really interesting time and space right now in our culture. And so with declining attendance and even waning interest, I think it's crucial. It is absolutely crucial to adapt, to adjust, and find innovative ways to use these three things to reach the next generation. I absolutely agree. And I think they're really important. And whether you are the senior pastor listening to this and you are curious about some of the individuals coming to you saying, we're losing the next generation, and you're thinking, I want to do a better job of engaging them, or maybe you're the youth pastor, or maybe you are a parent, right? Maybe you are attending the next or attending a church as a young person, as the next generation. I think all of us would do well to lean in because whether you are a senior pastor and you want to learn about these things, or if you're a young person and you're trying to shift your church to reach more of your generation, this can give you some better language on exactly how to do that. So let's start with number one, embrace authenticity. Why is that such an important piece for us to understand we want to see the next generation engage back in the local church. I think we really have to push into embracing authenticity like never before. Um, I think if you are listening to this, I'm sure you have heard that authenticity is key to reaching the next generation. But in my opinion, in my experience, in the things that I have observed and the things that I have experienced with the next generation, the churches must prioritize authenticity like never before. See, younger individuals, they value transparency, genuine connection. They actually encourage uh, open dialogue and that if churches created safe spaces for questions or doubts or even that if we fostered environments where individuals can express themselves without fear or judgment, I really believe we're going to push into um, uh, a church of tomorrow that we're going to embrace the next generation because we embrace authenticity. And so I think how churches can actually do this and do this well is by leaning into trust. I think trust is a key ingredient to actually build into the next generation. I believe that we see trust in the heart of Jesus all throughout scripture, that people found Jesus as a safe place. They found Jesus as a, a person that established systems and environments and created space for people to feel seen, known, welcome, believed in, and is a safe space for the next generation. So I think even as a millennial and being under senior level leaders in ministry for over 10 years, we are sometimes afraid of being fully authentic because we are living in a place of vulnerability. And so I have often heard that intimacy is letting people see into me. And sometimes with that comes pain, you know, it comes hurt, it comes betrayal, it comes dif difficulties. And so I have to ask you as a listener, what if we could build organizations, churches, and systems that let the next generation see into us mm -hmm. to work the muscle of authenticity? Yeah. And so that's why I believe authenticity is so important 
Because when we are uh, living a life of intimacy and intimacy with God and intimacy with Jesus, I think we really uh, spark this relationship with God, this relationship with Jesus that is founded on the right things like authenticity and trust. Really powerful. I, I couldn't agree more. And again, this is really helpful, whether you are leading a church or a ministry or a small group, or even if you're a parent, I'm thinking about a mom or a dad sitting around a table with their teenage kids or their college age kids. Or I'm thinking about those of you who, you know, your kids are now back to school and you're not seeing them as often during the day. It's this kind of stuff, this authenticity, this letting them see the real parts of you and then inviting them to be seen for the real parts of them. Um, or it's the youth pastor who, you know, your your students, they're maybe a little bit less present youth group right now because sports are back and school stuff is back and dances are back. And again, meeting with them one-on-one, allowing them to see your vulnerabilities and then inviting them to be known as well is even maybe more important than just getting them to your gathering or to an event. So I love this. Okay, so you you said it has to embrace authenticity. And we also need to embrace technology, mm-hmm. which this is a maybe hard one for some people in different generations. This is also hard because there are certain parts of technology that have seemed really not to be helpful to the local church, mm-hmm. while other parts do seem helpful. So I would love to hear, what does that look like to embrace technology well? Yeah, it's fascinating that we are talking about this subject uh, today on this podcast. You know, um, in today's culture, we see the next generation creating on different plat- platforms like TikTok, on Instagram, and other platforms that are utilizing technology to reach their peers, to reach their communities, to reach those uh who are not even proximate to them, you know, and I feel like uh, we have to embrace technology um, as a church because we see the next generation creating on them. And the reason why I bring this up is, you know, what's really fascinating about TikTok, Instagram, all these secular platforms that the next generation have been creating on, you know, they grew up on social media. Gen Z grew up creating content. They grew up on Instagram. They grew up on TikTok. And they grew up with a device in their hands to take pictures, to create content, to post And what's really fascinating about technology versus uh, the environment of church is, you know, different platforms, they they invite the next generation to co-create with them. They invite the next generation to create on their platforms. But when we lean into the local church and we lean into the system of how the church uh, operates, et cetera, most of the time, I would say that next-gen leaders, Gen Z, needs permission to create within church. And I think this is super important because, um, you know, it's a longing of every human heart and mind to create. We were created by a God that created a beautiful world. You know, in Genesis, you know, Jesus spoke and he created. He spoke and he saw. And what's fascinating with the next generation is, you know, when you're young, you know, I've been young at one point, um, 
you know, I didn't have a lot of money. Hannah, I didn't have a lot of influence. Right. Resources. Hannah, yeah. I didn't even have resources. Yeah. But what I did have was ideas. And what I did have were dreams. And what I did have were like clearly defined visions. And sometimes I would say, you know, when God spoke and he created, I feel like the next generation, they speak and they're trying to create places. But sometimes if we diminish the next generation speaking while they're supposed to create, I feel like we're going to miss the prophetic language of God in the next generation. And so why is this important with technology? Because next gen leaders are speaking with technology to create, you know, gospel movements within our world. And so I think when it comes down to the local church, we have to be people that look at the next generation and say, how do we co-create with you? How do we build with you? How do we create places that foster your creativity, foster what you're passionate about, foster what you think about, foster your mind, foster your human heart? And so, you know, when we are in the second half of our life, we delight in our kids creating art or our grandkids. And I truly believe that we as humans, no matter our age, are wired to create, to build, to speak, to dance, to paint. But sometimes we feel as if we do not have what it takes to push back into our love for creativity. Mm -hmm. The next generation was born into a world that is constantly creating, constantly imagining, constantly redefining new narratives and systems and organizations. So if we truly want to see the next generation integrated back into the local church, we have to give them the same permission to create within the church as secular platforms do today. That is a challenging concept because what that means is that we have to sometimes vacate spaces in order for the next generation to have space to lead. I think about so many times when people did this for me, right? When I was a teenager and I was discovering my voice, I had a pastor who would intentionally allow me to just do the announcements on a Sunday morning for the main adult service. And even those moments of somebody else on staff vacating that moment, that position so that I could try speaking, so that I could cut my teeth in communication has marked my leadership forever. And even now, you know, a big part of what we do at Generation Distinct, which is an organization that I founded and now lead that helps the next generation discover the wrong they were born to make right and be unleashed in their God-given calling, is we are really trying to be intentional to create spaces for the next generation within the organization to lead themselves. So for example, we have a call tonight that is on Zoom. Once a month, all of our graduates from our program get on a call. We call it our coalition call. And we bring in a guest speaker who invests in them and coaches them. Um, Our team invests in them. And, and this is something I've learned from you, Erin, we also allow space for co-creation. So we also, instead of having our 
guest speaker speak the whole time. We actually have them speak only a small part of the time. And we have the young leaders themselves, a few of them speak and share as well. Because you've really taught me so much about this value of co-creation and how if we give the platform to young people, how much more even they will be bought in and they will feel like their voice is valued. And again, if they're getting platforms on TikTok to speak, but not in our Zoom calls, what does that tell them? Instead, we want to be the place to give them a platform and talk about the good things that God is doing in their life. So I just think I've learned a lot of that from you, honestly, and and it's been a huge gift to to my ministry, practically speaking. Okay, this final one is, of course, important. And it can sound obvious, but I think the things that you have to share on it are really unique. And this is that it's important for us to foster community and connection. Can you share a little bit more about that third point? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think this is essential for the human heart to flourish, uh, for us as humans to flourish. I know we were built for community and connection. You know, we're raised in a family where when we go to college, we find our roommates. When we leave college, we get a career and we have our, our job with our people and our peers and our coworkers, you know, we were built for community and we have to foster the best community and connection within it. Um, To this point, I think belonging is truly essential if we want to see the next generation re-engage within the church. I think belonging is something the human heart craves. Belonging is something that the mind is searching to and fro to to know where do I simply belong? You know, there have been studies by uh, Barna and other big major platforms that the next generation is truly searching for a place to belong. And what's fascinating about that, it's not just one person, but it's also their peers. Yeah. Their peers want to find a place where they belong as well. So we cannot create churches just for one person. Instead, we need to create churches and places and spaces for their community as well. See, belonging is is a desire. It's a deep desire of the next generation, and they want it for their friends. So the next generation is actually searching for spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers And if we want to see the next generation engage back into the local church, we have to create belonging in the next generation to be engaged back into the local church, right? We have to encourage intentional intergenerational mentorship programs where older senior level leaders, chronologically superior, as my friend Grant Scouting would say, to guide them, to support them, to encourage them, to embrace them, to mentor them, to encourage them to empower them to become all that God has wired them to be. We have to foster a strong sense of community. See, the local church can become a place where the next generation feels valued, they feel connected, and they find ways to belong. I truly believe that segregation is what the next generation finds disheartening when it comes to belonging. I truly believe that segregation is what the next generation finds disheartening when it comes down to belonging within the local church. If God is a God of unity, if God is a God of collaboration, if God is a God of community, if God is a God of 
connection. We have to be people that are about that as well. See, community has to be paired with belonging and unity. We have to ask the question, how do we build community that is less about power and position and more about opportunity, equality, and empowerment? Mm -hmm. We need the older generation and people that have gone before us and the next generation working together to build the church and to find places where both of us are intimately connected, doing life on life together. So powerful. I love that when you say community and connection, you don't limit it to just young people connecting with young people. But this is an all church, all generation project, right? Is that the next generation, they're not just wanting to walk into a local church and see a lot of people that look like them. Although I think that is a commonly held belief. Rather, as a young person, I want to walk into a church and know, yeah, there's people my age who I can connect with. But there are individuals here that can disciple me, who can mentor me, who can pastor me, who can give me a picture of what I want for future seasons. And I I would say a commonly held belief is that, again, young churches attract young people. Mm -hmm. And I think to a certain extent that might be true. But I think young people who stay over a long period of time are longing to have that intergenerational relationships and who are longing to be seen and welcomed into families and into older couples' living rooms. And they are longing to know that they can find a family. Mm -hmm. And a family is not just peers. Mm -hmm. A family is multi-generational. That is literally a family, right? There's different generations. And especially in a generation where so many people don't have fathers or mothers. They're looking and longing for spiritual fathers and mothers. So I'm I'm so glad you touched on this. Yeah. And can I say one more thing to that? What I think is fascinating is some people may say, well, we do create a place to belong. We do create a place for our young leaders to feel seen. We have small groups, we have community groups, we have e-groups, whatever it is. And what's fascinating about the next generation, I believe, is when it comes down to community, community has to be like have a cause, right? Mm -hmm. And so if community is centered around, um, you know, a Sunday-centric approach or the sermon that was preached on Sunday, I think we have to to understand that we're actually missing out on deep connection, that we're actually missing out on fostering the best kinds of community because the next generation wants to feel like a part of the community. They want to feel like they add value in different spaces. And so we're we're not discipling, mentoring, coaching, empowering the leaders to think critically, to think um, uh, more in depth uh, through different layered questions. You know, sometimes we have leaders to just basically print out a paper and say, hey, run these questions through your small group. Mm-hmm. And what I feel like the next generation is viewing is they're, 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 they want that organic authenticity within the small group, within the connection points, within the community base. And so I feel like when we're not empowering, discipling small group leaders or community group leaders to actually think critically, to know their people intimately, to get to know what their passions burn for, what what they're called 
to do when it, when Jesus says, go and make disciples, when we're investing our lives into our community groups, do we intimately know the people sitting in our circles so that when it comes down to community group time, we can actually foster a community and a connection point that goes beyond three level questions and actually hits the mind and the heart of a leader to actually create a sense of belonging, connection, and empowerment. I think that is a beautiful spot to end because it's an invitation, really, for us to, like you said in this article, reimagine what it could look like for us to intentionally engage the next generation back in our churches. And I just want to say, as not only your co-host, but also somebody that does a lot of ministry with you and also happens to be your wife and gets to see your ministry up close, thank you for the ways that you are intentionally living this out and doing this. There are so many young men and young women who would be able to say, this is not just Aaron writing an article. This is something that he lives out on a day-to-day basis. I know Generation Distinct is better because of your influence in my life. I know you lead this so well at Leadership Network, at Exponential, and so many organizations that you have a voice in that you've been invited to consult and invest in. And these are the kinds of things that you that you bring in. So I think the last thing is if if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking, man, this is a great conversation, but I need to figure out how do I contextualize this? How do I break this down and really apply this to my space, in my ministry, in my organization, uh, we want to invite you that you can reach out to us at Leadership Network um, in order for us to give you some advice or some thoughts or some next steps. Um, you can reach out to us at Aaron at exponential.org. And there is where you will be able to reach out to us and we can have some conversations about where your church can better engage the next generation. Thanks again so much for listening to our podcast this week and for leaning into the conversation about how to engage the next generation. We're so grateful for every one of you, the leaders you are, and the heart that you carry. We'll see you next time here on the Leadership Network Generation Next podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Network podcast and joining the conversation for what is next for the church and its leaders. We look forward to connecting with you as we bring our questions, contribute our wisdom, and pursue what is next. Visit leadnet.org for more resources, information about leader cohorts, and more. That is leadnet.org.